You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and online with me today, we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Sprott. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today? Hey, Jeff. I'm okay. It could be a lot better if the metals would do better here, but uh, let's deal with it. We'll see uh, what's going to happen in the future here. Excellent. So actually, let's just jump right into it. And let's talk about uh, what's happening. Uh, Obviously, we've seen some pretty uh, low prices. I mean, gold past the 1200 mark threshold. What are your thoughts in terms of the carnage in uh, precious metals this week, Aaron? Well, you know, I've been a great believer, as in many other um, guys who follow the precious metals, and a lot of it turned into paper markets. It has nothing to do with reality. And supposedly uh, ending QE was the reason to sell things. And of course, we saw with the ending of uh, US QE that uh, today Japan announced, well, they're going to increase their QE. So we've replaced the US with Japan and the ECB's coming in somewhat to uh, to buy their asset-backed securities. And uh, of course, they, they keep passing the baton from one to the other because of course we need purchases of bonds to keep everything normal. Uh, or not abnormal in a way, but normal as far as the central bank is concerned. So a lot of people have taken that as an excuse to uh, sell down the metals. Um, and I find it rather bizarre, even as I, for example, look at copper, that's still trading around $3. And in the same time, you know, the price of silver is had, and most of its production goes to industrial uh, products. I see the inventories of silver in the Shanghai Exchange are very low. They've gone way down on the COMEX. Sales of silver coins have gone up. The open interest in the December contract, I think, might even be higher now than it was uh, the last time I spoke to you. Uh, we have something like 600 million ounces that are still outstanding uh, for December. Uh, notice day is about 20 trading days away. Uh, the total inventories, I think, are around 160 million ounces. The dealer inventories, I think, are like 60 or 70 million ounces. So anybody, these uh, December contracts uh, hold in there. I mean, there's going to be a shortage of silver here. Uh, we read lots of uh, comments recently about how the Chinese might have accumulated 10,000 tons of gold. Uh, some people even suggest we have a big reset here as maybe the, Japanese, uh, the Chinese are the holders of the contracts and look for delivery. Of course, one of the great scams might be they will ask for delivery, but uh, in the end, the COMEX dealers may win because COMEX will just say, well, let's cash settle the thing. And of course, uh, if they, they get uh, silver low enough, uh, they'll just cash that at a low price and th- say, thank you very much. We don't have the silver. Here we go. Of course, then you get a big reset in the physical price of silver in the physical markets. But uh, meanwhile, the COMEX dealers have uh, walked off with huge wins from knocking the price down, knowing full well that they couldn't make delivery. So I, I still have no fear that owning gold and silver is the right thing to do. Uh, I'm not suggesting you know it's going to rally tomorrow or the next week or whatever, but every data point you look at points to accumulation of silver. I'm sitting here myself debating, okay, well, do I go buy another 10 million of silver here? And of course, it takes very little money now to buy for anyone to go and buy all the silver that, that's available. It gets less and less as the price goes down here. So uh, there's nothing in the the hard data on physical demand that distracts me. We see the Russians buying, we see the Chinese buying, we see the Indians buying, we see the coin sales being strong. So we get this perverse market where, for some reason, everyone or the, the people in the investment business think, 
that it's wide to sell silver. As we know, the commercials are totally in the process of coming. There's silver shorts here. Most of the uh, spec uh, institutions are getting uh, short silver now, and I, I continue to believe that we are at a very close point where something's going to break in the whole COMEX silver thing. And for that matter, even the gold outstanding interest is pretty substantial for December. So uh, you got to hang in there. What's going on in the world today is... Uh, uh, truly inexplicable, <laughs> uh, and I might venture into the economy. You know, we see weakness in the European economy. We see weakness in the Japanese economy. We see some of the um, mainline companies in the United States, whether it's McDonald's or IBM, and now even Starbucks, and the retailers are all not doing well. Uh, the housing market is an utter disaster here. Uh, it's nowhere near where it was uh, four and five years ago. It's probably trading at about, it's probably, we have about 30% the new houses being uh, produced today that we did at its peak. So there's just really no nothing going on here. I think it's the financial planners trying to keep the market together. They obviously have a cadre of people who follow me every time somebody announces QE, we all got to buy stocks. Um, but there's no filter through the economy. I keep seeing um, announced rate increases for healthcare, all in double digits for next year. It's already most Americans' biggest expense. So uh, I, there's just no way that the economy could ever pick up. There's not to say stocks can't go higher because what they're doing is essentially inflating things, which I find rather ironic because you'd think the place you should go is gold and silver, but, but investors don't seem to want to do that. But sooner or later, uh, our day is going to come here. Excellent, Derek. Now, likewise, I mean, obviously, uh, we're still going through uh, the crisis uh, with Ebola. Uh, any updates on that, Eric, in terms of your thoughts of what's been happening over the last week or so? Sure. Well, I like to talk about that because uh, one has to have that on their uh, their radar screen here. And yes, we've had success in three different areas. We had success in Nigeria. We had success in Senegal, as reported. We've had pretty good success in terms of uh, dealing with uh, the few cases that have turned up in the U.S. However, in a major development, it's now spread to Mali. And it'll be interesting to see whether Mali, the country of Mali, can get control of it because um, the progress, the natural progressions that are suggested in the mathematical formulas just would suggest, okay, it's going to go to Mali, go to Cote d'Ivoire, keep moving along. Uh, as it marches from uh, west to east in Africa. So we'll have to monitor that very carefully. I found it really ironic that in the last reporting week, the number of cases jumped from 10 to 13,000, which is 30% in a week, which is just an incredible number. But at the same time, uh, certain people said, well, the rate of increase in countries has gone down. Well, it was a little bit of hocus-pocus because what they did is they they backdated the increase to 13,000 in the previous weeks, suggesting that this week's increase wasn't as big as before, which is total mathematics uh, sort of reinvented here. I mean, I couldn't honestly believe that the number was up to 13,000, but uh, in in the sense that it was reported as a 30% increase in one week, which is the highest number ever. And it'll be very interesting to see how that evolves. Um, if it keeps spreading in Mali, I'm, I would suggest to all our listeners that uh, they got to keep their eyes out for what this could mean for the whole world economy as we have to uh, put more and more forces over in uh, West Africa to fight this. 
and I could cite some statistics, and I, I'm just going to generally give some numbers where they say, for example, they need a thousand uh, ambulances in Liberia, and they got something like ninety, and they need, you know, many thousands of health workers, and they have they don't nearly have enough. And of course, it's the health workers that's the problem here. For everyone who gets Ebola, you need at least one health worker because it's a 24-7 job. And it's not just a nurse, it's the cleanup crew, it's the burial crew, it's the whatever. And uh, the world has been very slow, one, in making donations, uh, to uh, uh, monetary donations to help Ebola. But the worst part is we're not getting the health care workers over there. And if you don't get the health care workers, then things run a little out of control. So it's something that everyone should uh, keep on their radar screen and monitor very, very closely. Well, thanks, Eric. Well, as usual, Eric, we always like to get your input here on the weekly wrap-up. We look forward to speaking to you in the weeks to come. Hey, Jeff, all the best. And uh, we're going through a very tough time here. But, uh, you know, it's like the whole time that gold and silver have gone down, all the data on the physical side have supported it going higher. Somehow the paper pushers uh, keep arranging it to go down. I hope they're... uh, their Waterloo is coming here as we have these two big contracts for gold and silver expiring at the end of the, at the end of November. So hang in there and uh, let's hope for the best. Well, Eric, we'll definitely keep our fingers crossed and uh, hopefully the situation will change by the next time we speak. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Bye now. Thank you, Eric. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. Don't forget to go to SprottMoney.com to submit your questions for Chris Martinson, our next guest on Ask the Expert. Go to SprottMoney.com for more details. This is Jeff Rutherford for Sprout Money News. Have a great weekend.